G'day everybody, it's Peps, it's J-Dog. Round 14 is officially departed the AFL shores. Round 15 is on us very, very shortly, but so much to talk about. Wrap to have you here. As you know, you're with Chris Pepper, the 377-game superstar, the co-host with the most, the absolute gem in this lace-out jewellery box that we have of goodness, Jamie the J-Dog Wallace. So much to talk about. It is happening on and off the field, J-Dog. How are you feeling? Mm. Finally, we're getting back to a full round of footy, mate. It's, it's a yeah. lot to talk about tonight, a lot to talk about tonight. Happy to see the arse end of that one there, Peps, those, those buy rounds. Well, I was actually going to say, there was a little bit of quality, not quantity, over the weekend, but I was massively impressed with a couple of the games and very, very disappointed with the showing of a couple of teams. And we're going to get into that, I think. We're just going to get straight into it tonight. So much to talk about. We've got we've got the news of the week, as we always do, with the, our newsbreaker, the real newsbreaker. Don't worry about um, Steve-O or any of the Sammies. Don't worry about Hutchie. Don't worry about Eddie, because we have the J-Dog getting through all the big stories. We're going to spin the magnets. We've got the listener question. We actually have a massive talking point raised by one of our listeners to us during the week, which I want to discuss, which has been a massive talking point throughout the year so far and leading towards 2021 as well. Mm-hmm. We have got um, oh, your own listener question. I've got an announcement to make with a wonderful, wonderful uh, competition winner for our book by uh, Mick Warner we'll go into and other bits and pieces that no doubt will come through on the chat. So if you're on the chat tonight, get on it. If you're listening to this on a podcast, remember, get on the Facebook page. Leave us a comment. Leave us a review on iTunes. Everybody needs to get their lace out because i tell you what, it's how they want their footy. Isn't that right, big fella? 100% right, Peps, 100%. Oh, I'm just I'm just so I'm full of juicy goodness. I can't wait for tonight. So you're full of juice. I'm you? full of juice and I'm loose and I am ready to rock lace out style. All right, mate. It's time to get into, let's get into the news of the round. Um the biggest, I think the big talking point to come out of this one, my friend, and it's only happened in the last, look, last few hours mm-hmm. and it is, it has broken. So we'll go into it as much as we possibly can. Sure. But Sydney and GWS have done a yeah. reverse 2020 and they're coming to Melbourne due to the breakout of COVID in New South Wales. What Absolutely. have you got to tell us? Yep. So they were both fly to Melbourne on Tuesday night in order to hub Life in Victoria after the Sydney COVID outbreak has worsened to 23 or 25 cases now, something like that. So team members and staff will fly south at 8 p.m. tonight with both clubs expected to take the same flight. Um, The repercussions of that is the Giants game against Hawthorne on Sunday afternoon will be moved to the MCG while the Sydney game remains scheduled to face Port Adelaide in Adelaide this Saturday night. So it was confirmed after the 10 cases of COVID-19. Now, I think it's the uh, Delta variant mm. 2, which is, is it- what we called the Indian virus, but now it's been changed to the Delta um, variant. Is it the all-conquering version of the virus? The all-conquering. Is it the all-conquering version of the, of the virus? Is it, oh, the, is it the Indian virus that will take everybody on and smash them to oblivion? Is, is that what it is? All right. I'm making a big call here. Listeners, okay. it is not going to be known as Delta V2. It will now be known as the Sarshan Tenduka variant. <laughs> it just takes on anybody 
and knocks them to every part of the health boundary, you cannot be beaten. You cannot get him out. He's just going to be around for years. There's nothing's going to stop him. Yeah, Nothing can stop him now. So the big thing here, Peps, is both teams could easily stay for another um, couple of weeks as GWS is due to host, uh, due to be hosted by Melbourne in round 16 mm-hmm. um, with that date to be confirmed, while Sydney is also supposed to be hosting West Coast at the SCG uh, on round 16. So there could be some long uh, lingering effects of this one here and how the whole draw will, will, will shuffle and shimmer from this point forward. Yeah, I tell you what, the Tendulka variant... It's a killer. It's going to throw the AFL. But you know what? Sydney looked after us a little bit last year, so it's good to have a bit of love. Funny enough, teams coming to Melbourne mm-hmm. due to COVID, yet all the general public that live here are departing for Queensland. <laughs> so the only reason why you would come from Sydney to Melbourne is obviously for the coffee, the food, uh, the musical theatre, and lace AFL. And, and, and lace out. So maybe, that's basically maybe, maybe meet us. Oh, they could meet us. You never know. We, we could, maybe we should interview them. Maybe we should have them over for a barbie. Could you imagine that? Toby Green at the Pepper household going lace out with my son Noah in the that'd background. Be, two of the be, biggest serial pests. That would be so annoying. Just two <laughs> annoying people. Three if you throw in dad. And I'm talking mm. about not me, Big Trev. Rightio. So we're going to be looking after the Sydney Siders, which is going to be a, a good thing yep. as long as we can get those games because we saw what happens when we just pause everything. It's not a good thing for the game. I think if we do this perfectly, if we if we hit the if we hit the Tandulka in, in one city, then Tandulka goes on like like a five test series. We do some work in Perth. Everybody can play footy there. Then we'll move over to Brisbane. Everybody else can play footy somewhere else. If we can keep that going, it's going to be a, a beautiful little series, and we'll still get through our footy. So like a rolling country week. It, it's just, exactly. It's just a rolling. It's just a footy fiesta. <laughs> it's a footy fiesta. Yep. Alrighty. So what's next on the agenda, big boy? Um, I suppose it's, it's where do you want to go this next? We can go and talk about the team that I have no hope for, oh, which is the Suns. One. Do you want to go in the Suns world? Oh, I don't want to go to the Suns because I love the Suns. I just, I love them. I love the kids. I love Stewie Jew. Mm-hmm. Something ain't click. Something is not clicking there at all. Yep. It is so- not. Gold Coast president Tony Cochran has suggested uh, giving more financial support to his club, has declared that Stuart Jew is under pressure and whacked the chief of the Tasmanian AFL task force in a wide-ranging interview that he gave to uh, the boys on the couch. Um, As his team goes and battles and they're just terrible off-field, terrible on-field, and they're down at 16th position on the ladder at the moment, which is, some would say... uh, Sukasa for this team because they are always going to be the bottom team. But you know Pets. what? This sorry, can I just say huge, something? Huge. But, yes. but here's the thing, right? Here's the thing. Let's go through. They had Guy McKenna. It didn't mm-hmm. work. Mm-hmm. They had Rod, uh, Rodney Eid. It hasn't worked. Mm-hmm. They've got Stewie Jew, which apparently doesn't work. Now, they played some really good footy at the start of the year, probably for the first seven-odd rounds, and then it peters off. It does it every year. I think they've won three games in their last 30 outside of the second half of the season. It is is woeful, right? Yep. But here's the thing, right? When it comes to Gold Coast, you cannot keep picking on the on-field. When you've got a nuffy like Tony Cochran, I know he speaks his mind, but he's supposed to be the leader of this mob. And we've said it. I don't know how many times, J-Dog. It's almost we've got it as part of, you know, 
it's how you want your footies, our tagline. Mm-hmm. If we had a sub tagline, it would simply be you got to get your off field right to get your on field right. There is something off field going wrong at Gold Coast, which is affecting the on field. Yeah. Has Stewie Jew got the support around him? I reckon one of the great ideas that came out of it was for Gold Coast. They've had their they've had their picks, they've had their supplementary picks, they've had their uh, bonus draft choices, all that sort of stuff. Instead of giving them more draft picks, why don't they actually give them the players more support and give them some more room in the soft cap? I thought that was a cracking idea. I don't know who came up with it. It might have been Brownie or, or Kingy or one of the other E's. Yeah. But I reckon that's a cracking idea. Yeah. To do that. Because they've, they've, they've tried to get some experience up there. Alice has been sensational for them. Hugh Greenwood's been sensational for them. Jared Harbrow was on his last legs. You know he's played yep. 261 games, Jared yep. Harbrow. Yep. Would surprise me. Been there forever. He blows your mind. But the thing is, with all of it, is the kids need the support. Stewie Jew can't do everything. If they replace the coach, it's not going to make a difference. He needs to have that support around him. He needs to have some of that good development around him. The coach, as we've seen, they've already knocked off three in 11 years. Mm-hmm. Essendon kept their same one for 26. Um. And what doesn't help them, Pep, says you and I are both hearing that there is murmurings of another kid exodus from this club coming up as well. I don't want them to. I want these kids to stay. You can't have a third exodus of kids after 11 seasons. It's just not right. Yeah. So they have finished uh, 14th or worse in every season, uh, other than finishing 12th in 2014, but otherwise finishing 14th or worse in every season. And they've got two wooden spoons to their name in 2011 and 2019 in their 11-year history. Yeah, but, mate, they're an up, but they were a startup club. Look it's at, a lot harder. No, every start- club. Let's go back uh, to yeah. when. Let's go back to when they came into the AFL competition. Look at every club has gone straight past them. They compromised Port Adelaide's sh- shitty years when they were at the bottom. They compromised mm-hmm. Melbourne with all the draft mm-hmm. concessions and picks. So did GWS. I'm not going to just blame it all on 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 Suns. Yep. And yet those two clubs are just rocketed straight past them. Yeah, true. Brisbane Lions, once again, straight past them. But, mate, it, kids are not going to do it. See, this is the thing. You can only do – you can only have kids so much. If, if that works, why doesn't every team just get rid of anybody over the age of 25 and just play kids? It doesn't work like that. The kids are going to start off strong. Mm-hmm. But as the years go on, their bodies get tired and they can't take it. They need to have that support around them. And unfortunately, they don't. Yeah. So what what are we going to do then? Just, well, they, when they're first year, they recruit all these senior players. Either they, just they got go it on wrong. their clubs. They got it wrong. They so then they go down, down the, the kid route, route. And then the kid route, they will just leave anyway. They've gone. Yeah, that's what I mean. You, but they have to turn around this culture that they've built there. Now, I think that they've been starting to do that with a number of the players that they've brought in over the last few years, all right? Mm-hmm. But what they also need is they need to have that support as well mm-hmm. off the ball. Now, I think some of the some of the people have been up there a very, very long time. One of the, one of the guys who absolutely loves this podcast, and, and he's on here every single week, his name's Tommy Roker. I interviewed him at the start of the year. He's listening to this right now. And he has he was like on the ball when it came to – to Gold Coast. And some of the things that he's stated in the chat so far tonight, yeah, things like uh, half the half the support staff there are volunteers. Okay, you've got um, 
seven years since um, they've popped uh, Gary Ablett popped his shoulder. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that's been the curse. Apparently, all their young kids have signed, which is great, but that also means that they could also just I want to trade. That might happen yep. as well too. Yep. You know, I, they just, I, that's what I'm saying. Don't give them more draft picks. Give them some more room so that they can work on their development. That's where it needs to lie. These kids need to be bigger. They need to be stronger. And they also need, as we've seen, you have a look at these teams that you spoke about. Mm-hmm. Once they got their off-field side of things right, the on-field just went whooshka. But they do have an they- open checkbook from the AFL. So this is the clubs that they first, uh, that, that when they first landed around them. Port Adelaide, are they more advanced than Gold Coast right now? Who? Port Adelaide. Uh, Port Adelaide. Brisbane Lions, Adelaide, Melbourne, Richmond, Fremantle, Western Brogues, North Melbourne. They've all gone straight past these. Of course they have, mate. But tell me how many many – has Port Adelaide had an exodus? No. Yes. We we had tarps on our seats. We had tarps on our seats. Tarps. No No money. You have to have people to turn up to leave (laughs) you. (laughs) We had no money. So if Gold Coast want to go in the no money route, look at us. Hey, I'm telling you now, you you haven't had an exodus, right? We we sold we Can sold our major sponsorship. We sold our major sponsorship to a ATM company that has I'm, four ATMs in Australia. Okay, I'm talking about a player exodus, not an exodus from people following. All right, no, so, we haven't had a big player exodus. Exactly, exactly, and that is the issue. Why they've had. First and foremost, you're playing in a city that is, A, a football town. C, you've had some deemed success over the years as well. Your, your supporters are not fickle. There's three reasons. Mm-hmm. And you've actually got a pretty good support base and support staff around it. And your, cul- your club is stable. Every time that these kids wake up and see that people are saying Gold Coast should go down to Tassie, how do you think they're feeling? I think it's... Bullshit, to be honest. <laughs> I think it's bullshit. Okay, and and so so the, the so biggest exodus that you had was when Polak <laughs> Polak left. He's still hey. he's still getting his cash. He's not getting a game at North at the moment, is he? Uh, Polak, no, no, no he won't but he's still game. getting paid a bucket load. Good work, son. Um, the problem is Peps. Mm-hmm. This is a club that has no history. It's You've a got plastic to create, club. Hold on. It's a plastic oh, club. You know what? At least they've got their own jumper, unlike your mob. <laughs> um, it's Listen, a plastic got, club. You can't you can't build a club without without true supporters. So is, is GWS a plastic club when they've played in prelims and a grand final? Absolutely, they're a plastic club. So what what what, what defies a plastic club? One that's been completely manufactured by the AFL with no supporter base. Mm. So would you classify that as Fremantle? Because Fremantle weren't an existing club and they were brought in. They would you were, say would you hold on, hold on. Would you say Adelaide Crows were a plastic club because they weren't an, an existing club when they first started? Would you they say were. would you say um And plus I would always say about Adelaide. I would always say about Adelaide. Oh no, all right. Uh but Fremantle, <laughs> okay. Uh Brisbane Lions, were they a plastic club because all the Brisbane Bears, were they a plastic club when they first started? Had existing supporters around it, Fitzroy Lions, all that sort of stuff. Brisbane Bears, yeah, but they had Fitzroy. West Coast them. Eagles were the West Coast Eagles a plastic club because they, they were. From, they come from states Jamie. where they have a strong AFL system. But hold on, you're 
they might have a strong AFL system, but they were not an existing club. They were oh, they manufactured. They come from an of boards that have come from existing clubs that could take them with them. They okay. traded and drafted Listen, in those states. Port, any club that does not come from an original team is plastic. Port are as plastic as the tarps that were covering your seats. Okay? <laughs> How? So, yeah, exactly. Oldest so, club. Oldest club in the AFL. And still couldn't – oldest club in the AFL, yet still couldn't keep their original jumper. Should we say more? You've got a plastic <laughs> jumper. All right? Okay. Rightio. Look, we can agree to disagree on this one. We can. They're 11 years in. You know what? When we're, when we're old, in about five years' time, we'll look back at this on our 300th – on our 1,000th episode anniversary – and we'll look back and go, geez, you know what we said about Gold Coast in episode 173? We were totally wrong. I hope I'm I hope I am, but I'm not. Yep. Yep. Exactly. I hope you're even wrong. After, even after you and I have come out and said that we think the Gold Coast will beat JBWS to a to a flag. Yep. I hope that I'm right. But I but but I know that I'm not. You know what? Like some like Chuck Keegan has probably Chuck Keegan has said it perfectly on the chat. Port Adelaide, the oldest 30-year-old club in the AFL. <laughs> That's why we love our listeners. That's why we love you. Okay. What's the next one, big fella? Uh next one, Peps, is let's have a talk about about a particular player Ooh, that yes. went number one. Mm. Through a through a through a loop that's now closed. Peps are talking about Jamara Ul Hagen. Still hasn't played a game of question. Oh, sorry, has still hasn't played a game of AFL football. Yeah, good point. And um gotta start questioning why. What's happening there with him? Nothing. And this is and I actually raised this question because I've been hearing a bit about this in the media. What an absolute crock of shit this is. He's a number one draft pick. Currently in a team that is literally not playing any fell, so he cannot develop himself match-wise. Playing for a club that's sitting second on the ladder with a forward line of Josh Bruce and Aaron Norton who have slotted something like 66 goals between them so far this year. Now, are you telling me that you would actually take that combination that's sitting, I think, 11 and, sorry, 10 and 3 in the AFL right now and jeopardise this, jeopardise that for a guy who has the potential to be the next Buddy Franklin with no baseline and no history to back it up. You got it. The kid's got to do his time, mate. Just because you're a high number doesn't mean that you're going to be a gun. How many Dean Cox, probably the greatest player to come off the rookie list, hmm. And was an absolute superstar of the game, and I don't and I don't throw that word around lightly because it gets that's another one that peeves me off, but it doesn't get thrown around lightly, and he shouldn't be getting a game because he's number one, or well, or he's dating a favola. But I think look, I went and did a bit of research, and probably the one of the greatest players in history, playing wise, but also longevity wise, was. A guy by the name of Michael Tuck. Michael Tuck played 426 games of mm. VFL footy. What many people may not know is he also played another 50 in the twos. Won a flag in the twos. You gotta bide your time. There is nothing wrong with a, a, a good a good uh friend of the podcast is a, a guy that I, I used to work with 
good old Tropster PA. He's a Melbourne supporter, Melbourne member, Melbourne lover. And he simply wrote this, Jack Watts rushed. And there's another perfect example. When you rush someone who isn't ready, it's going to backfire big time. When you're going as well as you are, do not risk this kid for anything. There is no need at all. Otherwise, you could have another Jack Watts or another one of the goodness knows how many players that have careers have just fallen away because they were high draft picked. They weren't ready to play. They got battered from uh, head to post and just decided to give it away. Yeah, I don't know. I think if you've got a number one draft pick, kids these days, he's a bit different because he didn't play an under eighteen competition last year because of COVID. But I think, geez, which is give him a run, give him a game, give him two games, give him five games this season. Why? Why? Well, you, Why? You Why do you give him a game? Because, well, because you see, he's not playing at the moment in the VFL because of the whole COVID stuff. Yep. Okay. So give him five games. Give him five what, games to see how he's in the board. This is the thing. Because you've got to why? play them eventually. Yeah, you've got to play them eventually, but don't play them for the sake of it. So he comes in, he comes in at <clears throat> comes in at 20 or 19 or 20. Mm-hmm. Hasn't played a game of AFL football. Yep. And has a has a performance like Jack Watts on the on the on the Hold on, Jack birthday Watt, weekend. That that, that, gets, that was his, stupid. His first his first contest gets smashed. It was stupid what Melbourne did. Any Melbourne supporter will tell you it was stupid. Get, get, get sucked away then. He's he's his uh, endeavour for the ball gets sucked away because he hasn't been used to it. He's had th- two, three years He's out of the system. Dude, there's no rush here. No rush, Robbo. Three no years. Rush. Need to give the horse a run sometimes. Yeah, but you know what? You've also got to make sure the the horse is ready to run. He may not even be ready to run. There might be some other factors. But who's to say that Bevo and, you know, Buzz has come up with, how about um, mm, we, we let him go for finals? You never know. He wasn't even picked by Vic Country or Vic Metro. That just goes to show that mm, there's something there, but can we just let this one evolve naturally, please? That would be great. I'm, let this I'm, one pre- evolve. I'm prepared All to, right? but other, other high draft picks have had early starts and had stellar careers. But once again, you can only compare on the last season. He's coming at a bad time where he can't play any footy to back it up. It's a simple. But I can can I just say one thing though about the doggies? How sure. good was it to see our mate get a game last week, Mitchie? Oh. Oh. I couldn't believe my eyes when I was when champagne showers when like, I saw. I scrubbed my eyes, going, "No, is that number, is that number three? We, is that number we, three?" We, there? we we texted each other and went, "Have a look, have a look." He's surely got to earn his spot. Like Mitchie, <laughs> he's finally in there. Been playing okay. He'll probably keep his spot, and you never know where it's going to go as well, too. But he has to earn his spot. You don't rush yeah. these kids in. And once again, there are other kids that are getting a game. It's probably because their club needs them. That's the other thing as well, too. So Essendon mm-hmm. picked up their three kids in the draft last year, had to play them because literally they had no one. Yeah. So you've got to play them. And they're doing yeah. all right for themselves, okay? Doing all right. How long is it going to last for? That's the other thing, too. Like we're halfway through the season. Come to me in a few weeks' time. They're playing some good footy at the moment, Essendon. I'm not, I can't not them, knock them no. whatsoever. They have been sensational. No. Good second right. half. Well, good after game five. Exactly right. Okay. Um. Talk to me, big fella. What's next? Um, do you want to have a quick chat about um, – do you want to save the question we have for the next little part or do you want to put it in now, our listener question? What would you like to do? Uh, no, no, I really wanted to address this one. So what happened was is that, 
you know, we get lots of commentary coming in from everybody on the community. We love it. You know, there's people in the chat right now. There's people who listen to this podcast, send us messages, et cetera. And one of our loyal listeners, he's been with us is literally, literally since day dot, Marky Mark. Now, if everybody doesn't know, Marky Mark was over in England and sent us a video and I'm, I'm going to say it. We watched his video, I reckon, about 10 or 11 times and it had nothing to do with him. His girlfriend was a stunner. All right. Now, <laughs> the other thing about it, though, was is that he actually sent a message in during the week and it had to do with um, the contracts because, as we know, there's lots of contracts going on at the moment. But it's not just small sign-ups. We're getting a couple, you know, two years, three years at the moment, but they seem to be really grinding out long contracts at the moment. And he just threw a message to us to say, well, hold on a sec, guys. I don't know. I don't like, in a way, what, what's going on here. I don't, I don't like it. What's going on with everything when it comes to the contract lengths, et cetera, is that these guys are playing one or two good years of footy and – that's it. They get these massive contracts. So I've actually got it written up here and I'm going to read it out word for word because when you hear it, you'll go, this guy's on the ball. And this is what he wrote. Um, hey, lads, smashing at you two. Best podcast. I listen to five or 10 AFL podcasts per week and you guys are top of the tree, which we really appreciate. Quick question to discuss. Big deals with long contracts. How many of these have actually worked? I'm sick and tired of one or one and a half seasons of playing well equals a million dollar contract for multiple seasons. How often has it actually worked out? Franklin and Dusty are the only ones. Are there any exceptions to this rule? But Petrarca, Grundy, Josh Kelly, when has, a, when has a club ever succeeded in throwing the kitchen sink for one player? Even Richmond doesn't throw the kitchen sink for Dusty, nor did Geelong for Danger, nor did Brisbane for Voss. I'm getting sick of players that have one or perhaps two good seasons, as an example, Shy Bolton, and think they will get given the world. You need three to five seasons of consistency and domination to earn that. And the word elite, and I'm going to throw in superstar, is thrown around way too much. Gary Ablett only deserved that when he left Gold Coast, three solid seasons at Geelong. What has happened to the AFL? Rant is over. If I had a bomb sound or a mic dropping sound, I'd go boom. <laughs> All right. So I went and had a bit of a look at some of the contracts that uh, have been long in, in history. And I've either gone a yes, no, or yet to be seen. And I'm not going to go into them, but I'm just going to go contract time, year mm -hmm. it was signed, and length, because I think that adds a little bit of weight to it. So I'm going to whip, whip through these quite quickly as well. All right. So the first big one that was written, and it was probably the biggest one ever, was the 10-year contract given to Alistair Lynch in 1994. It was like a $2 million contract over 10 years. Now, that far and above was a win. He played in three flags. Um, he, he, he left us with one of the best uh, images ever with him going toe-to-toe -to -toe with Wakes in the goal square. Bar none, a success for the Gold Coast, and bar none, a success for um, himself as well. Lance Franklin, 2014, the current nine-year contract. And if you have a look at what he's done at Sydney and what he has done at Hawthorne, they're almost parallel. So that's how good he has been at Sydney. He draws people through the gates there at Sydney in a market that um, isn't primarily AFL-based. But my God, has he been sensational for them. Uh, he's, they've got them to flags. He's won... Uh, Two common medals, and he's also been an All-Australian on four occasions since joining the Swans as well. Unfortunately, and this is the thing that we're going to start seeing, is the last couple of seasons he's been hit with um, 
And since the start of 2019, he's been hit with injuries, soft tissue injuries. He's only been able to knock out 13 games. Dusty Martin, thumbs up, right? He's got three Norm Smiths, probably one of the best players we've seen in our generation. Uh, it is a seven-year contract. Starting in 2017, so 17, 18, 19, 20, 21. He's five years in. He's going to have a couple too, and then he'll have a smaller one. Perfect player for Richmond, and they were able to build around and build literally a dynasty if they get another flag this year. So that's definitely a win. All right. This is where it starts to get a bit dodgy. Brody Grundy, seven-year contract, 2020 to current, a million dollars a year. At my eyes, this has not been one so far that has held up. He did play good footy. Collingwood was scared to get rid of him or scared mm-hmm. for him to leave. They yep. signed him to seven years, a million dollars a year. And what happened? They lost Stevenson. They lost Trelaw. They also lost Phillips. And they also lost, um, I can't pronounce his last name, but he's over at North as well too. So they lost four players for him. And if you could look at that again, would you sacrifice for what he's produced so far this year compared to everything else? Probably not. Mm-hmm. Tom Lynch at Richmond, 2019 to now. He has got three flags. Give that to him. Has he been the superstar? I don't know. Gold Coast, I think, from what we read, Gold Coast players were almost like, bugger off, mate, as soon as the, the rumours were out. Don't even, you know, don't let the door hit you on the way out because, you know, you're the captain and you've departed us. But he has been uh, a good foil for Rewalt down there. Hasn't missed much footy, so you'd say that that's been a pretty good win. Stephen Canelio, 2019. Now, this is another one where GWS needed to keep him. He signed seven years. Okay, there were big offers coming in from Carlton and Hawthorne. He rejected them. He stayed, played some really good football, got to a, a grand final, but unfortunately has been another one of being struck down by injury. Um, which means you're not getting that return on that contract. He's still got 19, 20, 21. He's still got another four years after this. He's still young, so he's still going to be able to, to bring it back, hopefully. Lockie Whitfield. Now, this is the one where was a bit of a, mm, he was 2018 All-Australian. Yeah. Seven-year contract starting in 2019, but really, once again, had a big injury, bruised liver. But would you say he's done wonders? Has he been a player that you go, wow, he's been amazing for us. Mm. Same type of contract that you've had for Dusty? I, I don't think so. Okay? Here's another one. Dusty for everything, it's a bit hard though. True. True. But even if you have a look at some of the other players that we've brought up, which we're yeah. going to bring up in a moment. Christian Petrarca, this one's only from this year onwards. It's actually a seven-year contract that doesn't kick in for another couple. Look, he's starting to get towards his peak. His last couple of seasons have been been sensational. And when he gets older, he's going to move out of that midfield and move forward as well too. Um, a team, uh, Someone you can build a team around. He seems to have got the, the realisation that you actually have to do something and work hard. And it's paying probably a little bit early because it is so raw. Nat Five, six-year contract since 2017. He won a Brownlow, okay. Yep. He's got all Australians, but once again, he's been hit by injury the last couple of seasons as he gets towards the end of it. Um, Tom Boyd, we don't have to speak about this guy, took a six-year contract from the Doggies, a million dollars a year apparently. Mm-hmm. He, he won him a flag, should have won the Norm Smith and decided to quit after four years. So that is, in my eyes, that one was a success because the Doggies have got a flag. Dylan Shield at Essendon, geez, he hasn't fired a shot in the last few years. And he doesn't really damage as much as well too. So I'd actually say that for Essendon, I think that one is a loss. 
Tim Kelly, same sort of thing, has been injured a little bit. Wanted to go back for the big dollars at West Coast. Six-year contract, probably middle ground. Andrew Gaff, same thing. He's been All-Australian in two years. And last but not least, my love child, Toby Green, six-year contract. <laughs> I'm telling you now, he's going to be the gold, he's going to be the Giants' number one greatest ever player. Yeah. None. And after what he did on the weekend, which we're going to get into. So what it comes down to, there is a lot of question marks, especially for the most recent ones. Okay. I reckon if you go for five years, that's mint. It's those last couple where the injuries start to kick in over the age of around about 30, 31. That is the danger signs. We've seen it with Buddy. Uh, we've also seen it with, uh, who do I also mention? Lynch had a bit of an issue with his um, chronic fatigue syndrome as well too. That's going back quite a fair while ago. So, yeah, I think he's actually got something. And a lot of these guys got big contracts only after a couple of years, but they also got them because clubs were at the towards the lower end of the ladder and they needed to retain players and you've got to pay more to keep them at the club. Yeah. I think he's onto something here. I think he's now, well, you see, now, well, here's a perfect example, right? There's a guy running around for Essendon at the moment, Jakey Stringer. He apparently wants 800 to 850 a season. Now, don't get me wrong. He is the package, but the package hasn't really been delivering anything over the last couple of years. Delivering the weekend. Lack, oh, he played one good game, Jamie. They reckon he's, he played one good game. One good game. One good game in how and many They say many he's weeks? back, he's the next Dusty. It's the only good game he's virtually played <laughs> all year. But that just shows how fickle we are as an industry. And this is where clubs are too scared. Hard clubs would go, you know what, this is what we're giving you. And if you want to go somewhere for the money, go. But you're not going to get much success because if you have a look at those clubs, outside of Lynch, Martin and Lynch, I don't think anybody else has a flag under their name. And that's ultimately why you play football. I've got a question, Peps. Yes. Would you like to see an NBA-style type contract arrangements? Oh, mate, explain that to me. It's just basically contracts are just a bit of nothing and you can be traded midway through the season. You can be traded and on-traded and traded again. Um, yeah, I think I, I actually do agree to it. Okay. I, I do agree to it because... Like a proper moment- mid-season draft, a proper like... We need that. You need this. Let's take yeah, that. Let's I reckon stop. definitely, definitely. Pepper, you, you, Pepper so the know, marquee player at, at Cougar, stopping with me to play a halfback. Okay. So this is what they should do. They should have a full week off and it's mm-hmm. just a mid-year trade straights for straights. Okay. That's it. Straights for straights. That's it. And contracts. So you would end all long-year contracts or you would, what would you do in that case? Um, I would, well, contract to contract. What's the, per- is, what's the perfect amount in your eyes? In my eyes, I don't think anything more than four years because you only need literally, because it's a perfect win-win for the club and it's perfect for the player. The player gets that solidarity and gets that um, security for that, for that amount of time. Mm-hmm. The club knows what they're up for for the next four years. Now, this is what happens. If that player takes that opportunity, grabs it by the agates and skyrockets themselves when they come mm-hmm. back for contract negotiation time, Mm-hmm. Fantastic! You were here's the more money that you deserve because they've earned it. If they go down the other way and they underperform, they can't yep. come back and say we want more. So it puts more pressure on the player to constantly get better because they don't rest on the laurels. I've got a seven year contract. I've got an idea, Peps. Yep. Free agency has 
ruined this for clubs. Because what happens is young players are coming into the system. They almost on a, a, a two or three year, maybe a small little extension at, at age yep. 19. Yep. It gets them to about 24 mm-hmm. and they go, hmm, they're not quite required yet at the free agency part, but they sign another six-year contract, bring them up to the age of 30, mm-hmm. 28, 30. Mm-hmm. Oh, now I'm a complete free agent. Okay, yep. club, if you want to keep me, you've got to pay me 800, 900 a year. Only if they're good. So they're actually they could this could actually backfire big time, and the perfect example was mm-hmm. Ben Brown. So if you look at what mm-hmm. happened to Ben Brown last year, he had a contract extension for around about seven hundred a year. I've heard six fifty to seven hundred on the table, yeah. Yep. And he decided to hold off, and now he's work. He, he's he went for a, a second rounder at Melbourne and can't get a game mm-hmm. for a packet of Savoy biscuits. So four so, years is good so for you. I think four years is great. So 18, 22, 26, 30. Yep. Okay. I'm not saying make them all, but I reckon four-year blocks is the most a club should go to. Okay. I'm not against it. Because it, it, it gives the player some security, clubs. it gives the club some security, but it also makes the player have to work harder if he wants the big bucks, especially their third contract negotiation because the first one they get them to a little bit more. Yeah. And then they get the big dollars around about that 26, 27 mark. It's always a tricky one because I think like, yes, we see a deal and goes, oh, my God, it's eight. Yeah. It's eight years at, at $850,000 a year. But probably into that, Peps, there's probably a thousand different conditions on that contract as well, yeah. little kickers and incentives. Yep. The problem is, is also, and, and I think there's a really good uh, really good point that's been brought up by, by Tommy Roker on the chat, and he said that what they do is that they pay the superstars average money and let the mm-hmm. player managers just absolutely, you know, haul them out for endorsements left, right, and center. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I reckon that's the way it should be, is that you get your, your club money and then just do whatever you need to do to get the club to get the um, endorsements out the back end. Well, what was the what was the Ronaldo thing with the Coca Cola? Five point four billion dollars that little stunt cost Coca Cola. Yeah, huge. Yeah, exactly. So there was right. money out there. And in you know what? Advertising. And here's another perfect right. example of desperation clubs. Is that a perfect example? Is um, Zach Williams has gone to Carlton on oh. eight hundred grand a year? My goodness, are they sitting back at the moment going, "What the hell?" That's almost as much of a clusterfuck as what's happened with excuse the language <laughs> with what happened with Brody Grundy. That's how bad that one is. That ain't pretty at all. But that's the problem though. Now it's handcuffing these poor clubs to these big ass contracts for these players that will underperform for the first six years of their contract and come good for two. You know what? And you know what? All the best to them. If the managers are going to do it, the clubs are going to do it. So be it. COVID strikes and all of a sudden money's just been sucked out of the club. Yep. And you end up like having tarps on your seats. Rightio. So... Hey, we could spend another 45 minutes on this. This is how we big could. that type these issues are. But there's like there's, there's so much to get through. Hey, you know what? Something that we haven't done so far is uh, do uh, let's get into the ladders because we haven't had a chat about the ladder really quickly. Right, we're gonna be quick. We are going to be super quick. All right. Not much <laughs> of a change. The Ds are on the top as again. The Western Bulldogs with their loss on the weekend, they would have taken top spot. Now they're sitting equal second with yep. Geelong. Now it's going to be a cracking game this week. Geelong versus Brisbane. Literally, Geelong could almost uh, – they'd have to win by a fair bit to leapfrog the Ds, but they could submit themselves in the top two. Brisbane, if they win this, you're going to have three teams sitting on uh, 40 points. Uh, Port is sitting just underneath them. Sydney, West Coast, Richmond, top round at the top eight. 
GWS with their um, with their draw a couple of weeks back. They're on 26, so two points out. Essendon playing some really good football with a massive test against the Dees this week. Uh, Fremantle are in there, and then you can forget about everybody else. But that's not the other ladder. There's one more ladder I want to show you, Jamie, which you don't know about. It's this one, which is the injury ladder. So this is the number of games apparently lost to injury this year. So apparently North Melbourne have lost 137 games of experience in injury. Fremantle, GWS, and Carlton rank out the top four. Right? You got the teams in the middle, so be it. But the ones who have had the best run, the best run of it is Geelong with only 84 games and they're sitting quite high on the ladder. Mm-hmm. You've got Richmond with 70 games. They're sitting in the eight. You've got Sydney. Where are they sitting at the moment? They're still in the eight, I believe. Okay, they're sitting okay. But Collingwood have only lost 74 games through injury this year yet are still sitting in the cellar dweller in the AFL. So you can't use the excuse that injuries have curtailed our season. It's the umpires, Peps. It's the umpires. It's the umpires. <laughs> it's the Marbo. It's the serenity. It's everything that goes it's, with it. It's, but it's athletes. It's footballers. It's, it's everything. Exactly right. But I, I, what I'm trying to say is, is that they've had a good run with injuries. They're just no good. Don't blame oh, anyone boy. else, mate. You're just no good. Okay. Are you still going uh, with your Richmond not finishing the eight? Uh, I, 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 look, for the integrity of this show, I will say yes. <laughs> but after looking at their draw for the next few weeks, go and have a look at Richmond's draw over the remainder of the season. They, if they don't finish top four, I'll be surprised. Starts this week with St Kilda. Oh, percentage. <laughs> and by the way, it was kind of funny. Um, Marky Mark also wrote back, you know what the other part of the show I love? When you call St Kilda shit Kilda. Hmm. We love it too here at Lace Out because it's how you want your footy. It's how you want your teams called. Rightio. So, J-Dog. Um, yes. Spin the magnets mate, or not? Spin, spin the, the magnets. magnets. Let's spin these magnets, mate. Let's just go straight into the good ones because we love to spin the magnets. Um, mm-hmm. So, let's get into it. First and sure. foremost, um, what are we starting with? Uh, let's go with um, let's go with the, the other one, not the drags. Okay. Three votes. Three votes. Beautiful. Um, I'll do mine and you, you can go on. All right. Sure. So three votes. First and foremost, um, I can't – how can you not give a, a vote to my love child, Toby Green? With mm-hmm. the Billy Thorpe, the barrel. How good did – there should be more barrels. 67 he, he odd meters. 175 meters, didn't he? He hasn't landed. <laughs> they found they – found, they, they found that it had markings from the International Space Station – had shaved the power and said, Sharon, that's how high it went and how long it went. Not bad at free it, steps. It was, it was the John Holmes of kicks. That's great. That's how long it was. Right here. The second thing is um, I want to give is, look, I can't remember if I'm going to say this, but Gary Rowan after the siren. Mm. My goodness, what a kick. What a after kick. After the siren, all the nerves, and he slots it. Good work, Gary Rowan. Just followed his process, Peps. He just followed his process. <laughs> but if he, And you know what? I'm happy because if he follows his process, when finals hit the MCG, if he follows his process, he will go missing. <laughs> and Geelong will be playing with one less player. And last but not least, it's quite a simple one. Three votes has simply got to be we're back to nine games this week. None of this. Bye weekend, holiday weekend. 
Instagramming that I met the Crown Casino in Sydney weekend. We're back to nine games, how we should be every single week because that's how we want our footy. Who have you got for three votes? Your three um, votes. My theme, Peps, is under-promised, over-delivered. When you and I did the pet, I did the tips on this week coming up last Thursday. Yep. Uh, we thought, oh gosh, Jesus, this is a pretty shitty round of football coming ahead of us. Yes. Tell you what, it's not a bad strike rate. I got somewhere around about sixty-six percent of the games are fantastic this week. The other thirty-three were terrible. I had that as well. Three out of five are corkers, and I crossed <laughs> it out because I'm thinking, nah, no one's going to bring that one up. But there were three <laughs> quality games, maybe. Yeah. But there, but there were some barriers in there, but there were good hey. ones. That was that was not the I think the round of football previous was probably the one I've enjoyed the most this year, but that was not a bad one. Not a it was bad a good one. one. Yeah, it was a good. So one. That, that, that's my thing. I'm going to get for, into one of those games shortly in my uh, who's getting dragged. Okay, not happy. Right, with, well, let's let's go in right now, Pips. All right, uh, Barras, are you there? Haley off, Bloody weak as piss. Oh, bloody weak as piss. All right, can I uh, go first? I'll go. go first. Uh, I'll go first. I'll round it off, okay. and then you can get into the next one. All right, first and foremost, one vote, Toby Green. <laughs> oh, stop with the rabbit punches, champ. You're just costing yourself. He's paid something like twenty six thousand in fines over his career. <laughs> What's he thinking, this bloke? Like you're going to go down as the greatest ever goal up uh, goal son, GWS player. And you're doing stupid things like that. Come on, son. You're so much better than that. What type of role model are you being for my son? It's not good because he walks around <laughs> the house giving me rabbit punches and it's no good. All right. Second thing, you talked about, we talked about Gary Rowan, but that should mm-hmm. never have happened. We should not even have gone to that 28,000. Thanks, Chuck. It should have even got to that. Doggies, foot's great. And you've got a bloody minute and a half of footy to go. Milk the clock. Hit the boundary. Keep it simple, football. My goodness, you plan and you practice these things for months on end. That's what's called pre-season. There's got to be a spare somewhere. Oh, there's got to be a spare. You coughed it up big time. What the Mm -hmm. hell were you thinking? And Mm -hmm. um, can I go in equal two votes? Sure. He's playing some cracking footy this year. Is I think apparently in the top three for the Brownlow. Is Darcy Parrish? You know, I like I said, Ollie Wines. Uh, look, I've said this one right. He has been the uh, AFL's version of Kieran Knightley, but now that he's got that haircut, he looks like a true blue footballer, and he's playing some cracking footy. But Darcy Parrish, c- can I ask just one small thing? When you've got a minute or so in the game left, don't try and get your name in the paper by kicking a goal. Because it actually hurts people more than you. And it hurt my golfing buddies and our golf trip fund because when you kick that goal, you push the margin out from nine points to 12 points <laughs> and we lost our $750 multi because of that one goal with a minute and a bit to go. So uh. next time, for every AFL player out there, unless you have to win the game, stay away. Do not kick goals for the sake of kicking goals. We gamble responsibly, but, geez, that could have paid for literally our our food and beverages for the whole weekend, and it would have been our only win so far we've had for the year. Hey, and last one, who's getting my three votes, and it really I don't like seeing this, is just good players getting injured as we start to head into the tail end of the season, and not just small injuries, 
big injuries. Um, we've got Mitch Duncan going down. We've got Robbie Gray going down. Jaron Geary going down. Now, two of those three are going to be out for quite a number of weeks. Yeah. We don't want to see it this time of year. We want fit players going into the final series. And they're, they're two players, especially Duncan and Gray, yeah. who've had cracking seasons. We just want that to continue. So I don't like seeing it at all. No. All right, mate. Take us through it. All right, Peps. My theme of the round for drags is the word <laughs> experience, Peps. Geelong were down with seconds, less than a minute to go, Peps. And they got the ball forward and they kept paddling the ball forward and they found a spare in Gary Roman who was 45 uh, metres out from goal on a pretty acute angle. And what did he do, Peps? What did he do? Drop punt. Drop punt straight through the... Through the middle. And you know what? Lace out. Experience. Geelong have experience in doing this often, so often. I can probably recall with a bit of bit of research, obviously, 10 times they've won a game by less than six points. And they just do this. They have Give me a way three of, doing of them, it. Jamie. Give me three of them. I will with research. <laughs> it's a conversation for another time. I'm taking it, off, I'm taking it offline. <laughs> we'll take that one offline. <laughs> Corporate bingo. All right, um, what's two? All right, number two, Peps. Brisbane, you were down uh, 20 minutes into the third quarter. You were still down to North Melbourne who were dragging you down. Then all were they sudden, dragging them? Down? Well, it was wet, so give them that. But okay, I'll North give them played, that. yeah, it was wet. But North actually weren't playing too bad during that game. I know that was one of the ones no, I had down as good work, North. They did, but Peps, Brisbane, with their experience, with their players, with Neil starting to get more of the ball and come back to where he was best, bang, 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 experience got them that win. Unreal. Good job, Brisbane. Keeps your top four well and truly alive. And the final one, Peps, it's a reversal. But Carlton, absolute lack of experience. Everything. Everything. (laughs) (laughs) They just couldn't stop it. They couldn't couldn't reel them in. um, And it showed on the field that they just had um, just, just no cohesion, no sense of where anyone was on the field. And it absolutely showed a lack of experience and a lack of understanding what the game plan was, if they even had a game plan and a coaching idea from Teague. Nah, nah. And you know what? I don't think it's all Teague's fault. I think off-field, Cartner are shambles. Mm-hmm. It just seems to be they've had Malthouse, Bolton, Teague, uh, Ratton. Do you know Ratton? This is a classic as well. In Ratton's time at the club, he won something like 80 games and mm-hmm. Carlton have won since then, since he left, 78. Yep. <laughs> Good old Swampy on the tweets. But it was just Gary, Gary three, Rowan. Three coaches. Three coaches won Since less games than what he did. Maybe <laughs> you got rid of the wrong one there, Carlton. Exactly right too. Um, okay. Uh, rising star for this week. Hey, this is a good one. This young fella, geez, he's having a go. Um, from the Essendon Football Club. Mm-hmm. Um, forgot his first name. Is it Nick Jones? Is that right? Nick Jones? It is Nick Jones. For a rising star? Yeah. It's Nick Jones, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah Sorry, yeah, yeah, I wrote yeah. his last name down. Don't even know why I did that. But Nick Jones, a pick 30 in last year's draft. He had two goals, eight marks, five of those contested. Just another one of those little lesson and gems that are just shining up to the surface at the moment. So good luck, young fella. 
Harry Jones, oh, Harry thank Jones, you very thank much. You. Thank you very much, um, Harry. Harrison number, Jones. Are what all was he, number right? 13 or something, wasn't he? Doesn't really matter. He, yeah, he's wow. an absolute gun. But I tell you what, I used to rock the three-quarter sleeves playing as well too, Chucky, and uh, they are mint. All right, so you've got a good eye for detail. 23. Here. 23. Number 23. That's all right. He's good. Good job. You know what? We'll talk about that guy many, many times in the future. We've still got around about 10 years of this podcast to go. It's kind of got the old sort of like sort of like a mid nineties hurdy look about him. The big, oh no, the big he has. Yeah. And, the, and the and the and the and the longer brown and hair. The hair. Yeah, yeah. Pick thirty in two thousand and nineteen. Yeah, you know what? Like I said, don't let facts get in the way of a good story, team. Like we'll admit when we're wrong when we actually are wrong. But if we're a little <laughs> bit off, it just you know, it just happens in life. Alrightio. Okay. Um, you know what happened, Peps? Peps? I know what happened. You got what? confused with Nick Cox, who was Essendon's other riser in round twelve. Oh, I tell That's you what. What's and he wasn't the only riser. When you see that guy play, I reckon there's lots of people rising, Essendon supporters especially. <laughs> Alrighty. Hey, uh, listen to question, my friend. What have you got for us really quickly? Listen to question. Yep. Uh, for the week just gone. Okay, so the week just gone was a great listener question. Um, uh, <laughs> you have one job, mate. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Look, I had All it right, up. Whilst you're looking at look, whilst you're looking at that really quickly, splash what the you, cash. Just, just go through some things, Peps. Yeah, I will. So splash the cash, contract news really quickly, except a couple of big things to come out of it so far. So uh, Max King just goes to show, if you kick points, you can sign a huge deal with St Kilda. Okay? So um, they like point kickers because they are shit Kilda. So he's signed for another four years. Good. He'll get his kicking. He's he's a good player. He'll he'll get he'll get it all worked out. So good luck to him. Um, Adam Chera, mm, they're offering him four years at around about seven over there in Fremantle. I think that's a little bit too much. Maybe fives. Okay. But you know what? If he wants to come back, you're going to get something good for him. So it's a win win, regardless for the Fremantle Football Club. Zachy Merritt has signed up. Beautiful. I know the Essen supporters were talking about that. My goodness gracious. If your Facebook feed was not photoshopped with Zach Merritt in every different position, you wouldn't have known he signed up. So he's in there as well too. Um, Jordan Clark at the Cats, a little bit on the out-up. So there's potentially clubs looking. I'd take him as a halfback as well too at the Ds because we're looking for someone to replace old Michael Hibbard. So he's an option there as well. Um, yeah, so there's still a little bit, still a few more to sort of get in there, but just a little bit of contract news to uh, splash the cash. All right, J-Dog. Right, yeah, you got worked it. out, you listen to the question, oh, buddy. Facebook stitched me up. You know how sometimes behind the curtain stuff here, everyone, when you go to our Facebook site, for us, Peps and I, we have the business suite and it's just it just is terrible. Anyway, found the question. Listen, the question this week was, what would you bring back from your childhood? So a nice little mix here. We've got Amanda Walters that said manners and respect. I like that one. That was one Gary of my Mulligan, favorite. the bliss of being ignorant. We also had Lee Moss, my mum. I'd love it to meet our son. That's a nice one. Yeah. Andy Hornsby, BMX, Josh Weymouth, Philemon Josh. Got to be tasty tubes, although I've heard that they're coming back soon. They are coming back. Apparently, Warney, someone said he's got something to do with that, the old tasty tubes. Mm. Chuck Keegan on the uh, on our chat yeah. tonight, on the show tonight. Essendon being, you know, good. <laughs> <laughs> no, we don't. I can't. I, I love it when the supporters have to deal with the fact that they're shit. Um, it makes life so much more ter- uh, plausible. 
Nico from Porches Podcast, a much more healthier and physical uh, fit body. Uh, Buzz has said the VFL Suburban Grounds, our competition. Oh, I, oh and I hair, do. and hair, and hair, and hair, Buzz. Yes. Uh, J- 1990s Premiership too. from Robbie P. Robbie P. Smith. And then Lee Moss has said, and the 20 cent lolly bags from the local shop as well. Yes. Yes. Can't disagree with any of that. Can't disagree. You know what I'd bring back? Go, Peps. What would you bring uh, back? I would bring back um, hair metal bands. Mm-hmm. They need to make a resurgence. Guitar mm-hmm. solos mm-hmm. need to be brought back. Mm-hmm. Um, and parking around the grounds at local footy because oh. councils don't want you doing that anymore. Not anymore, they don't. No. And, um, oh, just, you know, good – oh, and good TV shows. Like, I want, like – you remember like the Fall Guy and Dukes of Hazard and Chips and all those great TV shows and B-grade movies. I want quality B-grade movies and get rid of reality TV. That's the other okay. thing. All right. You? I like it. What about you? Um, me, just two things. Um, leaded petrol. <laughs> like <laughs> Like the smell of the smell of your parents filling up their car was oh, the, one of the yes. greatest smells ever. Yes, and um, and one dollar hot dogs from Shell Servos. Remember the old Boss Hogs? Oh yes, the Boss Hogs. Yes, bring back and you, those. And you bite them, and then you could almost tell how long they've been sitting there by how long it took you to actually bite through it. <laughs> bring back those two things. I'd be pretty wrapped at a servo. Oh, and and also. A bag of jam donuts at the footy for three dollars sixty. Six donuts for three sixty. Old school, not yep. and what you pay now, like ten bucks. Yeah, and also Plus. when when did when did potato cakes and dim sims cost more than fifty cents? Oh, they're, they're no, they shouldn't. They're like two dollars now for a potato cake. Dollar for a potato cake. Dollar fifty for a potato cake. Yep. Dim sims um, are a dollar. Dollar dollar twenty yep. for a, for a dim sim. And um, the, the the chalk wedge. I bring back the chalk wedge. Oh yeah, the chalk wedge was um, good. Oh man, we could spend here. We could spend days going through this. <laughs> oh, you know, and going. No, no, even better, even better. Having to go to your video shop, yeah, and just spend an hour looking for a lovely combination of the five videos for five bucks. Oh, because you didn't want you want to get an action one in there. You want to get some comedy. Wouldn't it get yes. a bit of, you know, a bit of raunchiness somewhere, but not too raunchy that if mum and dad walked in you watching it, you wouldn't get uh, in trouble for it? That sort of stuff. And remember videos used to cost for a brand new, like, you know, for like a new release that was like between 5 to $7, but for oh. a weekly it was it was $3. Now you get 10 for 10 bucks. School holidays. That that used to smash the shit out of oh, video easy. Set. I'll tell you what. Nights your video, my goodness gracious, we kept oh. them in business. Rightio. Um, okay. Yes. Um, towards the back end. So, um, listener question for this week. Yes. Listener question this week is a nice and simple one. Okay. What's the best fruit? Fruit or don't veg? Don't you answer now, Peps. No, I don't have any. F- okay. Yep. Fruit. Yep. Fair enough. All righty. Um, does, does everyone eat fruit? Who, eats, who doesn't eat fruit here? You don't eat fruit. What's your favorite fruit flavored lolly? <laughs> or fruit-flavoured alcoholic beverage. <laughs> Something with fruit in it, okay? Might even oh, have videos yeah. with fruit in it. But keep oh. it above, like, nine and a half weeks. All right? Mm. Okay. Last but not least, hey, uh, it's one week at a time. What game mm-hmm. are you looking for or games are you looking forward to this week? 
It's got to be the simple one for me. Yep. Top of the ladder clash. Friday. Fr- oh, 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 hang on. Is it Friday or is it Thursday night this week? Thursday. Thursday. Yes. Okay. I love that. All right. Mm. So it's uh, Geelong and Brisbane. Yep. Oh, I can't disagree with that one, mate. Geelong, Brisbane is going to be an absolute belter. I love Thursday night footy. I think Thursday night footy and Friday night have a different flavour to them because mm. we're going to go into Friday night and Richmond are going to get a percentage booster against St Kilda. Oh, yeah. Uh, the other one that I'm looking forward to is – Potentially 3.20 p.m. on the Sunday evening or Sunday afternoon evening in Victoria, West Coast versus Western Bulldogs. Um, mm-hmm. One team, yeah, that's going to be a, a nice little challenge, another challenge for the And Bulldogs. yours and your team. Got a nice yeah, Melbourne nice Essendon, yeah, that's going to yeah. be an, an interesting one, how Melbourne are going to rebound after the bye. They don't, teams don't normally go too well after the bye. Um, Essendon had a, a, a solid win uh, mm-hmm. against Hawthorne, so it's going mm-hmm. to be them Good for them to have a test, but also good for the D's as well too. So, um, radio. So we're literally at the end of it. So just remember, if you're looking to get a new footy, uh, I know it is winter. I know it is cold, but you remember, you've all got a hallway, perfect place to go lace out down the hallway. Head on to Sharon, use the uh, the um, code of lace out, um, and you will get thirty percent off a potential new footy. We also have the winner of our book competition. So as you know, I did an interview with Mick Warner a couple of weeks ago. Jamie loves it. If you haven't listened to it, you're missing out. Get on to it. It's an absolute belter. I'm giving away a copy of the book for people who commented and uh, recommended the competition to people. And I'm happy to say that uh, David Allen Ennett from Glenorchy, and I think that's in Tasmania, is the winner. So, David, I'll be getting in contact with you to organise a copy of the book to be sent to you. But for everybody who entered, thank you very, very much. So, mate, you could not pack this episode any tighter. Yeah, mate. Do you want to just quickly just rattle off some of these questions that just come into us in the last little bit? Uh, yeah, you might as well rip them off. Um, what do you got for us? All right. So, uh, one here, um, Port of Flat Track Bullies. Can't disagree at the moment. Cannot disagree. That is that is true statement in the 2021 season. Yep. From Buzz, we've got how much is Richmond going to win by a pep since you know what's going to happen? Give me your expert prediction. <laughs> um, oh, geez. Thanks, Buzz. Oh. Let me have a bit of a go at you there, little peps. Oh, no, no, Buzz. I just think that it's going to be at least a seven to eight goal win, a minimum. Minimum. Okay. Now, oh, there's I just, a Glenorchy. Oh, oh there could there. be a Glenorchy. Oh, there's a Glenorchy. Oh, I'm sorry. Jared, the, Jared, the Atlas Hodgetts, thank you for helping us out there. Uh, I didn't know that, so it might, he might be in Victoria. Could you imagine if there is a David Allen uh, Emmett from Glenorchy in Hobart listening to this right now? He's probably running around the house going, oh, I'm number one. <laughs> Poor guy. Well, it may not be him. Um, I reckon at least eight goals buzz. I reckon it could get ugly. Oh, I'm sorry, mate. It's... Um, the chances of you winning are as thin as Jamie's hairline. All right. Um, and if the D's uh, go down to the pies and Don's then call the season off, no, Blake, because we'll still be a, we'll still be literally sitting on top of the ladder. All right? Every team has to have a hit a lull. <laughs> and you know what? Here's the funny thing, Blake. Like um, Rob Sitch said on the great show, which is the front bar, he goes, we can still hit the we can still hit the ski slopes during the week, mate. Just doesn't have to be on weekends, so yeah, <laughs> I don't have to worry about that. But um, if they go down to the Dons, they're playing some good footy. We'll see what happens, eh? 
Excellent. All right, everyone. I think that's it for us tonight. We are going to call it a show. Peps, any last things you want to talk about? Oh, I just want to make sure that for everybody tuning in, thank you very much. An absolute cracking episode. Everybody on the chat can't do the show without you. We love you. Every single person listening to this, you're amazing. And um, J-Dog, it's just exactly like uh, we say each and every week. There's only one way that you and everybody wants to get their AFL footy, and that's simply... Uh, go on to the Sharon website and get a beautiful discount. Well, just say lace out, all right? Oh, oh hey, okay, sorry. for tips out this week. We're going to have our tips, full full plethora, a full banquet of AFL tips ready for you. Um, thanks for listening and enjoy your week. Thanks for listening to our latest episode. If you haven't done so already, make sure to subscribe, rate, and leave a review on iTunes. I'm your host, Chris Pepper, and with Jamie Wallace, we give you your footy how you want it. Lace out.